This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aiza and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and also Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have a really good friend of mine, Kyra Shahana Butt. She's a final semester student in politics, philosophy, and economics at the University of Otago. Kia ora, Kyra. Kia ora, how are you doing? I'm really good, how about you? Doing wonderful, thank you for having me on today. Mm. You want to tell people where you are right now? <laughs> so I am currently in Dunedin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my final semester. It's some pretty crazy times we're having right now. <laughs> yeah, it must be really exciting for you to be in your final semester. Yeah, 100%. I'm honestly just, like, ready to go into the world. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm going to be completely honest. (laughs) I remember how it felt like to be in my final year. It's like, I'm done. I just need to get over this, you know? (laughs) I mean, like, especially during the pandemic. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love learning. And, like, I love my field of study. But online classes just ain't it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do want to reflect. Do you remember the first time we met? Oh, yes. It was through Thursdays in Black. Yep. I remember <laughs> we were tabling in the link. And like, I know I'm Malaysian when I see it. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> obvious. I was all like, you're Malaysian, right? And you were like, um, yeah, how do you know? And I was like, I'm Malaysian too. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Um, it was for their wine and cheese. No, wine and cheese. Remember? Ooh. That was when we, like, properly spoke. Uh, that was, like, really wholesome. Because, like, we just had, like, a really good talk about, you know, life at home and, like, you know, how we were brought up in, like, a pretty, like, in a pretty conservative culture. Yeah. And how, like, moving to a Western country we were exposed to a lot more um, diversity of opinion Mm -hmm. and how we kind of want to bring that back home. Yeah. So Um, for those of you who don't know, Tuesdays in Black is a... Basically, it's a student-led movement that aims to empower survivors of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we do things like raising awareness, um, creating campaigns, things like that. 
Yeah. So it was really fun talking about feminism <laughs> with you、oh. that night. We went straight on to that rabbit hole.、Oh, we went hard. <laughs> we went hard. Like,、yeah. There were many things that we were mad about. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs>、um, oh, that's really great. Thank you for reflecting that with me. It's so interesting how that led us to where we are right now. You know, it's like.、Um, From there to Instagram, and I we keep bumping into each other. You left for a year to do exchange.、Yes. I didn't see you for that long, <laughs> but you're yeah, back. Yeah, so it was crazy. I came down to Dunedin beginning of 2019 to start my first year of uni. I was 17 at the time, which was like pretty crazy. Just like having like everyone around me just be older than me. Like I. Felt like a literal child,、mm. <laughs> so it was like definitely a lot, and I'd never been to New Zealand before, so it was definitely a culture shock, but a good one.、Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, end of、um, I mean, I always knew I wanted to go on exchange, so end of 2019, I went to the East Coast at first just to spend time with my mom during the winter holidays. And then January, I went to UC Berkeley in California, and I was super excited because it was like my dream school for the longest time. So when I got accepted, like literally changed my life. I was so happy.、Um, and then two months into my exchange, COVID happened, <laughs>、um, and they were like, "Everything's gonna go online." You don't get to go on campus at all, and that was like really difficult because、yeah. you know, like I was just like getting settled there, and yeah, before I knew it, I was on a flight back to Boston to like stay with my mom, where I was until almost the end of 2021 when、mm. they actually let me come back to New Zealand. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that was like, was that two years? Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, crazy.、Um, I think we should give our listeners some context, because、um, you actually live in the United States. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting one.、Um, so for context, I'm mixed. My mom is of Malay Thai descent, and my dad is of Chinese Pakistani descent. And my mom's Malaysian, and my dad's a Hong Kong native. So I've always kind of had this like bit of an identity crisis, you know, having family all over the place.、Um, but yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia.、Um, I would spend a lot of time in Hong Kong. I would go like back and forth, just like visiting dad and like my grandparents over there. Um, and then when I went to boarding school,、um, which was also in Malaysia, that's when my mom relocated to the U.S. It was around 2014,、um, so that was pretty crazy.、Um, and then I decided to do my senior year of high school in Canada. So <laughs> that's like a whole other thing.、Um, And yeah, and so that was actually the first time I visited the U.S. I believe it was Easter break,、mm. um, and that was the first time I visited my mom in Massachusetts, and that was really cool. And now I'm a permanent resident of the United States as of 
end of 2021, mm-hmm. which was when Biden came into power. Wow, um, that's a good year. <laughs> pretty topical stuff, yeah. you know, only took like two years. Yeah. But... <laughs> Congratulations, that's really exciting, you know, to have a place you call home. That's, yeah. Mm. Wow. So, yes, um, identity crisis, I can <laughs> tell that. <laughs> it's like when people ask you, I'm sure people do this a lot, where are you from? Like, how do you go from there? <laughs> I'm like, how much time do you have? <laughs> because there's a lot we got to get into, you know? Um I definitely struggled growing up uh, to kind of like have this sense of home because even though, you know, I was born and raised in Malaysia, um, obviously like mostly spent time with my mom's side of the family um, who are Malay, um, I never really felt quite as like integrated in the culture. And I feel like in part because uh, my parents sent both my older sister and I to private school and it was the British system. So I guess you can say we didn't have the most authentic Malaysian upbringing. Um, So we were a lot more like westernized compared to our other family members. And sometimes that would cause a bit of a disconnect. Mm. um, Maybe I was a bit too radical, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so you though. (laughs) For sure. It's definitely who I am. (laughs) Yeah. And it must be really confusing growing up like that. Yeah, 100%. Because obviously, like, my dad isn't Malay. And, like, the rest of my mom's family, like, they are, like, fully Malay. So, you know, there would be times where, like, you know, during, like, family gatherings and, like, you know, open houses during, like, Eid where we would go to other people's houses like people would kind of look at me and be like why does she look Chinese and then my mom would like mention that my dad was Chinese and they'd be like oh no wonder like they would say it in Malay Hmm. and like that would be pretty frustrating because like it often felt like people just forgot that interracial marriages exist it's very Um, uncommon in malaysia (laughs) exactly and so like you have all these like people sometimes making like very tone deaf remarks about like my features and Mm -hmm. you know that would make me self-conscious i mean like i'm all good now but you know it's definitely something that i had to grapple with yeah for sure and when did you come to a place of acceptance or have you <laughs> not yet? I mean, I definitely am like super proud of my heritage, like always have been. I think it's definitely a blessing to have been raised with like so many different cultures going on you know I get to like celebrate Eid but I also get to celebrate Chinese New Year and like you know that's so much fun yeah (laughs) um but yeah like I remember growing up um I used to be like really upset that I didn't look like my mom because like Mm -hmm. my older sister is like a carbon copy of my mom and like I'm not you know like I like I would say that my Chinese features are pretty strong and that's definitely something that I struggled with like I used to like 
run to my mom crying and being like, why, why don't I look like you? And, you know, at the time, like, unfortunately, in like media, you know, when you watch like movies and TV shows, I rarely ever saw someone that looked like me. Mm. Um, And I think that's something that I really struggled with as a kid, you know, and like that made my mom really sad, too. Because, like, she didn't really know, like, what to say. Because, yeah. you know, what do you say to, like, a kid that young? You know? yeah. <laughs> I just want to hug the kid version of you. Like, it's okay. <laughs> oh. Um, so that was when you were growing up in Malaysia. Um, did any feelings change when you were in the U.S.? Or did anything new come up? Um, honestly... Like, not to make a generalization about North Americans, but definitely when I moved, uh, no one really knew where Malaysia was, Mm -hmm. which was really frustrating. Like, everyone seems to know where Singapore is, but not Malaysia, which, like, does not make sense Mm -mm. in theory. (laughs) But, yeah, like, I constantly had to like explain where it was like you know in proximity to like thailand and singapore because (laughs) you know that's where those are countries that people actually know about um and another thing that was like always super frustrating was the whole oh my god why is your english so good oh Um, yeah like i know that it doesn't like come from a place of like hatred it's just you know lack of knowledge um that you know people outside the western world speak english too like if you (laughs) have ever visited kuala lumpur like where i'm from it's like the capital city of malaysia most people speak english there and i think that's something that a lot of westerners kind of struggle to understand yeah (laughs) (laughs) that must have been so frustrating Oh, oh like it's the most like patronizing thing too whether people realize it or not because yeah. you know they're insinuating that if your english is good you must have lived in you know like a western country i remember like i was just at a pharmacy in canada and like i was like really struggling with the coins because they have so many different types so like the cashier was helping me out and i was like i'm sorry i'm still getting used to the coins Um, And she was all like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Malaysia. And she was all like, oh, how long have you been in Canada? Because, like, your English is amazing. And I was like, like, three months. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, picked up English in three months. (laughs) And she was absolutely flabbergasted. She, like, looked at me with, like, her mouth, like, gaping open. And I was like, yeah, have a great day. And just... (laughs) Went on my merry way because oh you know, God. yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Um, and for our listeners out there who are listening, um, if English is your second language or you learn other languages besides English, this must have been something that you struggle with too. A lot of people can relate to that. It's so interesting. Hundred <laughs> percent, and uh, it's awful. Yeah, it's like deal with that. Oh wow! Um, thank you, Kyra, for sharing with us your cultural identity, and it's a lot. 
I know, and I'm so happy that we got to hear your story. You know, like when you shared about how it was like growing up, that's really, you know, something really raw that you shared. And I really thank you for it. For sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the other parts of you. You're not just an Malay, Thai, Chinese, Pakistani. <laughs> You're also a lot of other things. <laughs> um, you're passionate about women's rights. I know this a lot because I follow your Instagram. You always post uh, things on your stories. And sometimes I get news from you, which is like, um, you posted something about the United States legalizing Chinese New Year as a public holiday very recently. Really? That was a big thing. I was like, it's about damn time. <laughs> yeah, like just recognizing it yeah. as a public holiday, which is crazy because there are so many Chinese people in the U.S. Like, this should have happened ages ago, yeah. you know? Hmm. Um, so tell me, what got you interested in, like, politics? Because you are doing PPE. <laughs> That's a very good question. And, like, people often ask me, like, what made me choose PPE as a major? Because it's, like, such a specific one. And honestly, like, I couldn't tell you, like, I have like wanted to do it for years. And I've always been quite an opinionated person. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents will definitely tell you that. Uh, I've always been really loud about the issues that I care about. And especially like growing up in Malaysia, um, not to say that it isn't progressive in some respects. Um, I constantly felt like my skills were undermined just because I was a girl Mm -hmm. Um, and I was kind of expected to conform to like the traditional roles of what a woman does. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, be going to like a Western school and things like that. But outside of school, um, it was difficult for sure. And I never really felt heard because it was almost like an echo chamber of conservative values. Mm. Um, And that was something that is really hard to escape from. I'm sure like you had like the same experience growing up in Malaysia yourself. Um, But that also kind of ignited my fire to you know, really like speak out about the issues that I care about and not really care what other people think because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, that's them and this is like who I am. Mm-hmm. That is sure. amazing. Um, I think one issue that really started it off for mm-hmm. me was child marriage. Yeah. Um, back home. Like, it was crazy seeing how something like that was happening just, like, so close to home. And it really made me realize how fortunate I am to have family that can support me financially and emotionally because that's not a novelty that a lot of Malaysian girls had. Mm. I mean, have. So that was really difficult and recently when I was on exchange actually 
um, I did a research report on baby dumping in Malaysia, and I learned so much. You know, I learned that we have the highest rate of um, dumped babies in Southeast Asia, and it's not something that gets talked about nearly as not nearly enough. And you know, we hardly ever look at the root of the issue either. Like we have all these cool initiatives, um, like the baby hatches that help to um, rescue babies that have been abandoned by their birth mothers, but we rarely ever look at the root cause, and like that ties into, you know conservative views on sex and yeah it's there's like a big (laughs) umbrella that's problematic and it affects everything else under it there was an issue when people were talking about child marriages i think it was last year when it was like exploding um they were saying that young people are too young to vote 18 is too young to vote but 18 is like like, it's okay to be married by 18, but you're still not mature enough to vote. <laughs> absolutely, it is so backwards. Like, uh, how are we old enough to get married, but not old enough to vote yeah. when it's on issues that are directly affecting our livelihoods? Like, that is just, like, insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can tell you're very passionate about it. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that you're in PPE. Um, and sure. now that you're in your final semester, do you have any plans on where you hope you'll land to? Um, I'm currently the national women's officer for the New Zealand International Students Association, which I'm really excited about because, like, it's just the perfect role for me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Now I can actually make yelling about women's rights a job, you know, (laughs) doing it to unsuspecting individuals around me. Yes, it's the perfect role for you, honestly. (laughs) Um, I did plan on moving out to New York City after graduation and kind of post up there for a year or two, but COVID. Mm-hmm. Omicron, so I might hang around in New Zealand for another year or two. We'll just see where the wind takes me. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything specific planned, but sometimes, like especially in this day and age, I feel like not having plans is the way to go. Exactly, and, yeah, exactly. Where you land? Yeah, <laughs> I can't make any plans beyond March, to be honest. Oh, no, <laughs> and today is March. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, things are changing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a great segue, um, since we're talking about you know just like life and well being. So let's talk about that. Uh, We live in a crazy world now. Um, We have always been, but I I think it gets crazier in the last few weeks. Um, How are you taking care of your mental health? Oh, excellent question. Um, Well, even like since the beginning of the pandemic, I've just been trying out a lot of new recipes. Like I'm really into like vegan food. I mean, you follow me on Instagram. You see how much I post about it. (laughs) Uh 
Yeah, that's definitely been helping me like fill the time. I mean, I'm Malaysian. I love food. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also been going on hikes. I find that it's just such a good way to kind of clear my mind, you know, things like with COVID and just everything happening in the world right now, like you can often feel pretty trapped. So I feel like just getting out in nature doesn't have to be a huge hike. It could honestly just be like a little walk outside, like, you know, go for a little stroll. I feel like that's so good for clearing the mind. Um, But yeah, like either than that, I am honestly cool with a little like Netflix and blanket session. Yeah. Are you watching anything good these days? Oh... I, I've been watching Love is Blind. Mm. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting um, take on relationships. So highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you were talking about cultural, your cultural identity, I was thinking about something. Have you ever watched Kim's Convenience? Ooh, that has been on my watch list. You should. But I have not started. I definitely will, though. Yeah, because it's about a migrant Korean family in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because you've lived in Canada, that that's why it popped up. I was like, oh, you know, it, it's the perfect show for you. You should watch it. It's, uh, I definitely. Yeah, um, and that's also a recommendation for all the other listeners out there. You should watch Kim's Convenience on Netflix. It was it's really eye opening because they talk a lot about like different culture stereotypes and like getting to know them as people. So it's really good. <laughs> yeah, feel free to follow me on Instagram. It's at Kyra Shahana. Um, if you want to see me post little infographics about social justice, because that is 80% of my Instagram story, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's really worth it. Like, if you want news, just go to Kairos. <laughs> Instagram is always there. Uh, yeah. And honestly, like, just one thing that I want to tell listeners is that just do you. I know we live in a world where we're so caught up um with self-image um especially with the rise of social media but at the end of the day you have to realize that what you see on social media is never the full story so you know just do your thing like don't worry about what other people think like just stay true to yourself that's I just hope that's the main takeaway from this. <laughs> that's really good advice, Kyra. It's something I needed to hear as well, I think. Because I've been... I've stopped posting on social media for a bit, but I still feel like I should. You know, that, that feeling? Mm. For sure. It's good to take that break because, you know, while social media can be, like, so good just, like, for sharing information and, you know, staying connected with everyone, it can be a bit of a toxic and overwhelming place so it's really important to you know just unplug for a while like I said go outside take a walk it'll definitely do you some good Hmm. thank you so much Kyra it has been a really good chat with you (laughs) thank you anytime thank you for having me
That is the end of our episode of the RNLT today. I hope you learn a lot about Kyra's cultural identity, being Malay Thai Chinese Pakistani, and living all around the world, her passion for women's rights, and also how she takes care of her mental health by cutting down social media time and going out hiking. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.